this is the For the Love of Film podcast. I'm the host, Scott David Chase. Uh, on this episode, I'm going to talk about seeing the film Life of the Party, Back to Burgundy, and Disobedience. Uh, so, the movie I just saw today, uh, this afternoon, maybe two hours ago, was Life of the Party. Um, it's a new film directed by Ben Falcone and uh, starring Melissa McCarthy, written by both of them. Ben Falcone is Melissa McCarthy's husband. Um, this is their third film writing and co-writing and you know working together uh, following The Boss and Tammy, neither of which I saw. Um, first and foremost, I... I like Melissa McCarthy, um, and I've seen her in some stuff that she has done some great work in. Um, I, I thought she was fantastic in, um, St. Vincent and, um, you know, I liked her in Bridesmaids, um, and she's, she's got an upcoming movie, which I saw the preview for today and I've seen the preview many times. It's called, can you forever forgive me? Um, which looks like a dramatic turn for her. And, you know, I like her, but a lot of her starring vehicles just, um, just, they're not, they're not for me. Um, they're kind of broad comedies and, uh, you know, I was sort of expecting that from this movie, from Life of the Party. For those of you who don't know, uh, basic synopsis is, uh, Melissa McCarthy is wife her daughter is a senior at college and uh, her husband leaves her. And so she decides to go back to school, back to the same school that her daughter is attending because that's her alma mater to get her degree and about her fitting in with her daughter and her friends. It's, you know, as is often the case, the tone of the film is quite different than what the preview made it out to be. Um, the the biggest thing with this movie was, and, and I went in not expecting to love it. I mean, I know this is, these types of films are not necessarily my cup of tea. Um, but I was trying to have an open mind about it. And, um, you know, structurally it's very similar, similar to a lot of eighties comedies, a lot of eighties, you know, high school and college comedies. And, uh, I mean, there was no real villain in it per se, just, um, a lot of different, uh, there's a lot of characters in it and that's part of the problem. Not, not that there are a lot of characters, but almost all the characters are un undeveloped and underused. Uh, the, the two, you know, that, uh, the two that were, uh, uh, uh the two that I wish I had seen more of, uh, were, uh, Jillian Jacobs who plays, I mean, it was interesting cause they, they uh, there was much made about the fact that she, she's older. She, she's a student, but she's older than the other students. I mean, in real life, Jillian Jacobs is 35. So, um, but you know, she doesn't necessarily look that old, whatever that means, but it said that her character was in a coma for eight years and is now, uh, now back at school. But, Nothing more was really done with that. I mean, she has a, pardon me, she has a large Twitter following, which kind of comes into play at the end. There's a musical number that comes up and then, uh, you know, uh, 
they get a lot of people there because of her Twitter followers. But uh, that was basically all that was done with that character. And I wanted, whenever she was on screen, because um, she has kind of a, she has a magnetism that really makes you want to see more of that character. And you didn't get to see more of that character. I mean, she's in a lot of scenes, but not given a lot to do. Uh, the other one is Heidi Gardner, who um, plays Melissa McCarthy's roommate. And it's never quite developed if, she, if she's goth, if she's, you know, a shut-in. She's just kind of an odd character. And again, she plays a minor part towards the end. Um, you know, there's a there's a pop uh, star who, who pops up in the movie, uh, no pun intended, to kind of save the day. Um, you know, you, you see it coming from, from 15 minutes away because it's announced that this person will be at a party even though that they had no way to get the person to the party and lo and behold, she shows up anyways. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, Heidi Gardner is on Saturday Night Live right now and, you know, she's probably most well known for playing a part on Weekend Update. She plays this recurring character, which is every boxer's girlfriend and, uh, or every boxer's wife or what, whatever it is. But, you know, she's very over the top, but she's very funny in this movie. And again, sadly underused, um, all the, all the actors are pleasant to enjoyable. And that was really a shame because clearly there's talented and funny people on here. And the movie really just wasn't that funny. I mean, I was, I saw it at a matinee, one o'clock matinee on a Monday. And I was definitely, I mean, there was, there was maybe 10 other people in the theater and I was definitely the youngest person by 20 years. It was mostly people in their sixties or older and, um, they were, seemed to be enjoying it more than me, but, um, you know, there's a reoccurring gag that, uh, uh, about having sex in public places that Maya Rudolph and her husband keep uh, keep bringing up. And it's, you know, that's the thing. The, the mildly humorous gags are just driven into the ground. Almost every gag in this or joke uh, is just beaten to death. Uh, Melissa McCarthy at a, a frat party that she goes to early on in her college career ends up sleeping with, uh, you know, a 20-something guy. And then he becomes obsessed with her and the fact that she's much older than him is brought up all the time. And it's just kind of made, you know, it, it, uh, it's used for humor's sake, which obviously it's a comedy. So why wouldn't they? But it was not that funny to begin with. And it's just done over and over and over again. I mean, I can't fault uh, Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone for making a movie, you know, writing their own movie. Um, I just wish it was... It was a better script. I mean, the, the the tone is all over the place, and um, again, not not a horrible like like not not horrible to sit through, but it's not a well made film. And all the people that were in it really kind of deserve more to do and a better script. So you know, I would give Life of the Party a five out of ten. Uh, if you like Melissa McCarthy, if you're a Melissa McCarthy fan, you're probably going to enjoy it. A bit more than I did, but um, you know, it's not a not a not a great movie. It was a it was a meh movie. So, uh, second movie I saw was a French film, 
the American title is back to Burgundy. The French, uh, I'm going to butcher this, I'm sure, which is Sequinolier, um, which I know is not a direct translation to back to Burgundy. Burgundy is the uh, town where it takes place in. Basically, it's about a, uh, well, it's about three siblings who are in their uh, 20s and 30s. Um, they have grown up on a vineyard. This vineyard uh, in Burgundy, France, has uh, been in their family for a while, and there are several intercuts of them as children with their parents. And, um, you know, I, I, I went in expecting to like it um, a bit. Uh, you know, I know a little bit about viticulture and this, I don't know. I, 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 I felt like I learned more about viticulture in this almost two hour movie than I did in the last eight or nine years, having friends who have worked in vineyards and, you know, um, worked in, uh, wine cellars and wine tasting rooms. So, so that was, that was kind of a pleasant surprise. Uh, I wasn't familiar with any of the actors, uh, going into it. Uh, Pio Mar Marmai, Anna Giardo, and Francois Seville uh, were the three uh, three leads. It's uh, you know uh, the oldest comes back because uh, he gets word that their father is sick, and uh, you know very soon after their father passes away, and they have to decide what to do with the land and the vineyard, and if they're gonna sell it, uh, if they're gonna continue doing it in the family business and um it's just about more about their relationship and you know this this uh vineyard and this this house has been in the family for a couple generations and you know it's really about you know what family means and um you know because there are there are strains in the family the oldest son left 10 years ago and uh came back and you know the, the mother passed away five years before and he didn't come back for that and it's all kind of talked about uh, and it's worked out and it's you know it's a very natural uh um progression the story um and the life of these three siblings and uh while the story wasn't necessarily super captivating I found myself as, you know, in the last 15 minutes of the movie, when it was wrapping up, I honestly, I, I felt I wanted to spend more time with this family that, uh, had kind of endeared themselves to me over the, uh, over the course of almost two hours. And, you know, it was interesting because, uh, it, you know, it's a, it's a French language film that was subtitled and, uh, you know, that's. I've, you know, I've watched hundreds of foreign films. That's never been a problem for me. And, uh, I actually, when I watch movies at home, I, um, I watch them with the subtitles on that, that, that's a tradition that's been going on for almost 20 years. My, my older brother, uh, uh, is married to a Romanian woman. And when she first came to visit the United States, though she spoke English, it was easier for her to follow along with movies if we put the subtitles on. And it just, I got so used to it that it's weird for me watching a movie without them on now. Um, and so reading movies has never been really a problem for me. It's been part of my 
movie watching experience for a long time. So, um, there was a fun little, uh, uh, thing. So the theater I saw it in, which was, uh, cinema Salem in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, and the screening room that it was in was the, I believe the smallest screening room I've ever been in. There were only 17 seats. Um, and it was this weird trapezoidal shaped room. I got there first. I got there about 20 minutes before the film started. And, you know, there were only five rows of seats. And I I kind of thought, because it was a Sunday night, uh, it was a 7.20 showing, I thought maybe I was going to be the only one in the theater. I sat in the second to last row. And, um, you know, I'm a bigger guy. But I sat on the end. And because it's a trapezoidal room, uh, the the rows of chairs are not straight. They're kind of staggered. So where I sat, and this was not intentional, it was just the best vantage point for the screen. I was kind of blocking the end of my row. And then, um, about 10 minutes later, two older women came in and then they sat in the row behind me and they sat directly behind me, which once the movie started, they started complaining that they couldn't see because my head was in the way. And I was kind of befuddled because they're the ones who chose to sit behind me when the entire, you know, the there were 16 other chairs open. But then uh, a couple sat in the second row, and then once the movie started, another couple came in, and of course, they chose to sit in the row that I was sitting at the end of, kind of blocking, so I had to get up, and, you know, I was a little annoyed. But anyway, the, the little anecdote that I had was um, the... Um, one of the actors, uh, uh, Pio Marme, he has uh, a few tattoos on his left arm, and he actually has the, the, the logo for the band Black Flag on his left arm, uh, on, his, on his forearm, on the back of it, basically about two inches below his elbow. But I have that exact same tattoo uh, on the back of my head and the, the, the women that were sitting behind me who were complaining about my head being in the way when they noticed this tattoo, they then soon noticed the tattoo on the back of my head and they're like, Oh, he must be French. Um, meaning me, even though, so obviously and understandably they, they were not aware that it was the black flag logo and, uh, uh, you know, I, (laughs) they somehow surmised that I must be French because I had the same tattoo that a French actor had. So I thought that was kind of funny, but yeah. Um, I can't imagine that back to Burgundy is going to be playing in too, too many theaters. Um, when this comes out, you know, if you're in new England and, uh, want to catch it at the cinema Salem in the next week, I do recommend it. I would give it a seven out of 10. It was, you know, nothing stellar as far as a movie, but I did really enjoy it. And, uh, you know, haven't seen independent an independent French film in several years, so uh, I just kind of took a gamble, knowing very little about it, and it was more an excuse to check out this theater. And uh, really liked it, and I plan on coming back to Cinema Salem. Uh, but yeah, and uh, let's see, the last film that I saw was a film called Disobedience, also technically another 2017 film, but uh, you know, it was released. Um, uh, it, it, it played at the Toronto Film Festival in September of last year, and it opened uh, uh, at the end of April in the United States. But it's um, so it's a film about uh, 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 
two two women. Well, it's about a woman, right, played by Rachel Vice, who uh, returns to London after her father has uh, passed away. Her her father was a rabbi uh, in an Orthodox Jewish community, and um, you know she is uh, she has left the community, and it's sort of insinuated slash understood by the, the body language and the conversations when she arrives that, um, she was not particularly welcome, uh, coming back. It's a very close knit religious community. And she, you know, she's a photographer in New York now. And, uh, you know, she's very progressive compared to the very uh, conservative lifestyle of, of these, uh, Orthodox Jewish people. And, um, uh, Alessandro Nivola plays the, um, the man who, uh, uh, was studying under her father and really her father had taken him under his wing since adolescence. You know, they, they grew up together and, uh, but he was the one who was being groomed to be the next rabbi. And in fact, after the rabbi passes away, the, the community, uh, the, the, the church, uh, the synagogue are really vying to have him become the next rabbi. And, uh, in her, in her time away, um, Nivola, uh, it, it has married Rachel McAdams, uh, who is, her and Alessandro and Rachel Weiss were all friends growing up, and uh, but it becomes clear that Rachel Weiss and uh, uh, Rachel McAdams uh, were romantically involved beforehand. So she's understandably quite surprised when she finds out that um, that uh, the two of them have married in her absence and. You know, it's very much about uh, differences in culture, acceptance, uh, what it means to love someone, and, you know, um, it was an oftentimes heartbreaking, you know, but beautiful film, you know, different, uh, different meditations on, on mourning, on loss, on acceptance, on love, and, um, you know, the three leads were all excellent. Um, it's, uh, you know, Rachel Weiss has been great in most of the stuff I've seen her in, in the past decade. And I've seen Rachel McAdams do some really solid work. I was really impressed with her on the second season of true detective, which did not fare as well critically as the first season, but I, I, I feel is really an underrated, uh, television season, hopefully in the, in the years to come, it'll get, receive the attention I feel it deserves. But Rachel McAdams in particular, her performance in that was excellent. And her performance in this is very understated and, uh, really kind of tragic and heartbreaking. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it was, uh, I really enjoyed this film. I had seen the preview a couple, couple months back and was looking forward to seeing it. It's, uh, Certainly a, a melancholy film, uh, which is right up my alley. Um, but, uh, you know, having, having grown up in a religious household myself and 
not being a, uh, a practicing Christian as an adult, um, I could certainly relate to some of this. Um, and you know, it's, it's beautifully filmed. Uh, most of the scenes are very intimate. You know, it's not a flashy movie by any means, but it's a, it's, it's a well-made film. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I would give it an eight out of 10, uh, a very, uh, very uh, well-made drama. Certainly something I would recommend. So those are the films that I saw this week. Uh, I'm, you know, really enjoying this year so far in cinema. And, uh, you know, I think every week I've seen at least one movie that I've liked, even though there was one episode on here that, uh, all the three movies I saw were stinkers. I still had seen another movie that week. So, um, you know, it wasn't a total bust, but it's, it's been, it's been cool kind of checking out different theaters, discovering different theaters. And, um, you know, um, I really enjoy the theater going experience and, uh, hope to find more unique theaters on my travels. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening and, uh, I'll talk to you again soon.